This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, December 9th, 2022. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a special program about the international labour movement and Twitter. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists, you may be surprised. People in this world are getting organized. You're bound to lose. You fascists bound to lose. This is Radio Labour. My name is Eric Lee. I'm the founding editor of Labor Start. Labor Start is the labor movement's news and campaigning service. It recently organized a webinar on the use of Twitter. The webinar focused on what the labor movement could do if Twitter shuts down or becomes even more of a forum for extremely nauseous radical right-wing views. It presented possible alternatives such as the social networking service Mastodon. Before Elon Musk bought Twitter, there were massive problems with Twitter, and many people were upset about it. It was seen as a platform that could be used by all the crazies in the world, starting with Donald Trump and everyone else. And it got significantly worse when Musk bought it. And I've identified about four things that should be of concern to all of us. First of all, there's the danger Twitter may close down. Musk himself has raised the possibility of bankruptcy. You may think, oh, they can't close down something. There's millions of users. But that happens all the time on the internet. If you've been paying attention over the last 20 years, loads of social networks have closed down, sometimes with millions of users. And Twitter, in the end, is a business. It's a profit-making business. It has its servers. It has its lists of users. It can close. And Musk can make the decision himself. He's the owner. He can close it down tomorrow. This is quite significant for unions that have invested a lot of time and effort and money in growing their base on Twitter. Just today, I saw a European Union Federation announcing that it had reached something like 8,000 followers on Twitter. was quite proud of this. But what happens if tomorrow Twitter doesn't exist? Second, Musk himself is not neutral. He doesn't pretend to be neutral. Lots of these tech billionaires act like we just provide a service. We have no views. Musk is not like that. Musk is very clear about his views. His views are far right. A couple of days ago, I just glanced at his Twitter feed because his Twitter stuff pops up immediately. The moment you go into Twitter now, it encourages you to follow him. He has well over 100 million followers. And he was retweeting tweets by quite well-known far-right activists in America. He had no problem with that. Just today, he seems to have banned Kanye West for posting swastikas. That might have been a little bit too far. But basically, Musk has identified very strongly with the far-right. And this means that Twitter will become an even worse place to be. Third point is he is reopening Twitter to these people. I mean, he's he's invited Donald Trump to come back to Twitter. So Twitter will be full of lots of crazy people, and you'll be exposed to them, and your people visiting you will be exposed to them. And Twitter has its own logic for what it shows to you when you come on, and it's a terrible place, going to get a lot worse. And from a trade union point of view, maybe the worst thing about it is Musk's treatment of the people who work there. I mean, the very first thing he did on day one was he sacked pretty much half the company. Now, we know from our work as trade unionists, when an employer wants to sack employees, there's a process of consultation. In the best case scenario, you consult with the union, you talk to your workers, you negotiate how this is done. That's not what Musk did. Musk just sacked the people he didn't like. And then he went on to announce that 
everyone who remains at Twitter, this is after we closed the offices for a weekend, locked everyone out. Then announced if you want to come back and work here, be prepared to work massively long hours with no overtime. So he is a terrible boss. I haven't followed particularly how he's been as a boss at Tesla. I'm guessing he's, he was the same. But this is, this is quite in public view. He's acting as a, I own this thing and I will do what I want with it. All these things set off alarm bells ringing for trade unionists. Even trade unions who don't, aren't necessarily particularly left-wing, you don't have to be left-wing to be concerned about the rising tide of racism, for example, on, on Twitter and sexism, which we're going to see much more of. And by the way, Labor Start is in the same position you're all in. We have something like 39,000 followers on our main Twitter account in English, and we have many Twitter accounts. We have accounts in all the major languages and some of the minor ones. We have Canadian accounts in English and, and in French. We have a U.S. account with thousands and thousands of followers. We've invested a huge amount of time in this and energy. And, and my colleague, Derek Blackadder, who could not join us today, has done amazing work growing these um, huge numbers of followers. And we run the same risk you do. So what do we recommend unions do? First of all, I would argue continue using Twitter while you can, especially if you have a large following. If you just start using Twitter and you've got four followers, forget about it. Don't invest any time in it. If you have tens of thousands of followers, as some of you, you do, don't run away so quickly because you can't just push a button and have them be somewhere else. It's a complicated process to get your followers to come somewhere else. So it's very important that you stay and use Twitter. I'm not suggesting to anybody they leave Twitter. And very few people actually are. I mean, some of the quite famous ones who've left Twitter are remaining on Twitter. They're just going to other places like Bastodon as well. I would emphasize that do not abandon your most important and powerful online tools. And that is not Twitter. And it's not Facebook. Most powerful tools you have, and we know this from our experience campaigning, is email and our website. That's the key. If you if your union has a good mailing list and a good website, you can do campaigns and all kinds of stuff. You don't need Twitter. But you need those things. And there are unions in many countries that rely on Twitter and Facebook to get their word out and barely have websites and don't have mailing lists. And I think that's a terrible mistake. For us, it's central to our work. There are other social media platforms out there, which if you're not using them, you should be considering using them, not only Twitter. Um, obviously, most importantly, of course, is Facebook, which is also a private business owned by Mark Zuckerberg and his colleagues and fellow investors. And it's um, it has all many of the weaknesses of, of, of Twitter. It's not as awful. But if, you, if it's using Twitter and not Facebook, you should consider having a Facebook presence as well. We also use on Labor Start LinkedIn, which has been surprisingly interesting. Every day, people request to be in the Labor Start group on LinkedIn. We don't know why, so we post to it. But we haven't, we haven't, actually, haven't actually asked anybody to join that group, and yet it has thousands of people. Some of you may be on our, on our LinkedIn group. We also have a presence on Telegram, which we've advocated. It's a very secure network. It's a communications tool like WhatsApp, only more secure. There's not been a lot of traction. To be honest, people are not signing up to Telegram in the labor movement, in large numbers. We've also used Instagram. There are other tools we've never used, but that you might consider might be useful for you. Obviously, a top one would be TikTok, which you may know is for short videos, used widely by politicians. And there's even something like Mastodon called Tribal. I took a look at this. Tribal with an E, not an A. T-R-A-B-E-L. Seems to have been launched by liberal Democrats in America. Look kind of interesting. I couldn't figure out how it worked. At the top of your list of Twitter alternatives, if you're thinking, okay, this Twitter is going to be problematic and it may even close, what are we going to do? We're recommending switching to Mastodon, not switching, to using Mastodon in addition to Twitter. So 
Having said all that, now we go to the, the meat of, of the issue. Master, what is Mastodon? Mastodon is a decentralized, open source, and free alternative to Twitter. I know I just lost half of you, right? Like, you know, what, what the heck does he mean by decentralized and open source? All right, fine. We're not all geeks. Some of us are. Mastodon is not new. It's been around since 2016, apparently. That's six years. But its explosive growth has been the last few weeks, precisely because of these concerns about Twitter. It has now approximately, on its books, something like 9 million users. A fraction of them are actually online at any given month. But 9 million is actually quite a lot. It's tiny compared to Twitter. But it's still 9 million, and it's growing very, very fast. It has become the most popular talked about alternative to Twitter that there is, and people are flowing to it in droves. I'll emphasize, you can use both side by side. You could even post the same things to Twitter. Mastodon's what we're doing. Don't rush to close your Twitter account, especially if you have followers. But you can also have a Mastodon account, post to it, and you can encourage people who use your Twitter feed to sign up to Mastodon, as we've been doing. There are even tools, I've not tried them, but there are a number of tools now that will help you find your followers on Twitter if they have Mastodon accounts and encourage them to join you there which is great. I don't think you'll find that many that way. You have to be prepared for a long, slow process of announcing you have Mastodon, encouraging people through email and Facebook and Twitter to come join you there. Mastodon at its core looks like Twitter, but it works in an entirely different way. It is decentralized. It runs on many different servers. Actually, there are thousands of them now, apparently, several thousand. They're calling it, I love these new terms, the Fediverse, which is apparently short for Federated Social Media. In other words, there's no central server. It runs more like email than like any online service we know about. There are potentially millions of servers, meaning that it can't really shut down all that easily. If it can't be an Elon Musk who comes along and says, okay, we're done, Mastodon's closing. Mastodon doesn't close. It's a more like a protocol, as email is, that allows people to send messages back and forth through many different servers, which is quite interesting. It can't go bankrupt. It probably won't go offline. It may be a much more secure way of getting your stuff online and keeping it there. For unionists exploring Mastodon, which is spelled M-A-S-T-O-D-O-N, a starting point is the server form called the Union Place. The Union Place currently has about 7,000 members and is administered by labor activist Tim Wild. Visit Mastodon on the web at joinmastodon.org. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top stories section included links to coverage of the legal persecution of the leaders of the Belarusian independent trade union movement and the international labor organization's call for the military dictatorship in Myanmar to release from prison a leader of that country's labor movement. We also carried news of the South Korean government's attack on the right to strike and how and why dockers in New Zealand have rejected an attempt to privatize a major port. For our Working Women page, our volunteers found many news items, many, many stories on how unions around the world are honoring their 16 days of activism commitments, how the National Day of Remembrance is recognized by Canadian unions, and the inspiring story of how garment workers in Lesotho are successfully working to end gender violence at work. We also had coverage of the South African government's decision to decriminalize sex work. 
A small sample of the stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week includes items about a British study on the effects of working in high temperatures on human fetuses, the International Union of Food Workers' campaign to end the export from the European Union of pesticides whose use is banned there for health reasons, and a number of stories from different countries about the epidemic of workplace violence directed at healthcare workers. Our current photo of the week is of members of the Ghanaian Timber and Woodworkers Union who are meeting to discuss and update the union's highly successful organizing strategy. Labor Start hosts online solidarity actions at the request of unions around the world. This week, we'd like to highlight urgent appeals for online solidarity with trade union activists in Belarus, Turkey, the Philippines, Canada, Myanmar, and Kazakhstan. If you can spare just a few seconds, you can do your part in these struggles by sending a solidarity message. Look for details of these and other campaigns on our site. This is Derek Blackheader from Labor Start reporting for Radio Labor. Now here's the American folk singer Woody Guthrie singing You Fascists Are Bound to Lose. Well, I'm going to tell you fascists You may be surprised People in this world are getting organized to lose, you fascists bound to lose. Woo! All you fascists bound to lose. I said, all you fascists bound to lose. Yes, all you fascists bound to lose. You're bound to lose, you fascists bound to lose. There's people of every nation marching side to side, marching across the fields where a million fascists died. You're And that's it. Labor news you can use. You can listen to our daily newscasts and features at radiolabor.net. I'm Mark Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.